0: Guess who, and guess what? Footy Prime is launching a gin, and we're having a party to celebrate. Thursday, June 6th, join the whole FP crew for Footy Prime's one-night stand at Nickel Nine Distillery in Toronto. Come celebrate Footy Prime's one-ball gin with Nickel Nine Distillery mixologists on hand, Charmin's Proper Pies, meet-and-greet and and photo ops with your favorite primers, and a live Atsuka's Almost Anything podcast. Footy Prime's one-night stand, June 6th at 7pm till when we kick you out. Tickets at eventbrite.ca. Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix.
1: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
0: Oi, the boys and girls on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and, frankly, appalling language. And sometimes the tales can get quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And thank you for listening. Oh, let's go! Booty, booty. It's time to get this body started. Booty, booty. It's time to get this body started. You know that we are the number one show. So drop your fucking nits and now it's time to go. Cause it's the booty, booty. It's time to get this body started. It's the booty, booty. It's time to get this body started. With Johnny, Jimmy, Crackers, and Jimmy, J.C. Oh, we know and all we it's time to get this money started tonight. You're listening to This Just In on Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix. Craig, can you just test your mic? JC, test yours too, just in
2: case. Hi. That's good. No, JC. Oh, move it closer, J- JC.
3: JC's working.
0: JC's working. Yes. Yes, yes, yes.
3: What's the matter, arms Is mine? Yes, yeah, so. it's yep. working. It's working. Okay.
4: Now 4, One, two,
2: three, four, five. Now Amy's blowing her nose, up. but we
3: don't get to listen to it. Are you sick too, so Dubs?
5: Yeah, I oh, I woke up on Saturday morning. Nothing bad, just a cold.
3: But... That's how it starts, though, isn't it? Yeah.
5: That's really? how.
3: In, really? in 1643, when the plague began, someone mm-hmm. said, "Ah, it's just a cold." And then, within <laughs> a year, a million people were dead. <laughs> Why do they call it a cold? Isn't it be like called a hot and gross? Mm. Very good point. No. I think it's because there's a myth that cold weather causes colds
5: mm.
0: when it doesn't, know, right? right?
3: It's it's viral. However, your immune system drops when it's cold because you're getting less sun. Mm. I think,
5: or you get the chills.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think. <laughs> but when you get the chills, you got a fever though. When you're hot, mm-hmm. right? Mm.
5: Unless they're multiplying.
3: Yeah. They do. <laughs> This this is too I much. I
5: got chills. No.
0: <laughs> Didn't <get that> one.
5: <laughs> Greece?
0: <laughs> Multiply. I got it out. Yeah,
2: just
3: sing it. And
1: I'm in control.
3: There it is. The start of footy prime. This well, there was that. a a Greece question in our quizmas <laughs> there episode recording on Friday night oh which we're not sure how much we'll make it. <laughs> To a podcast, there may have been some technical issues. <laughs> there may have been oh, some tech- definitely some technical. There's issues. some editorial issues for sure. Yes. <laughs> so
2: yes, there was definitely. a
5: quizmas, not a right or wrong.
2: <laughs> right. It was quiz. We've done quizmas three years in a row, but to different oh. levels of horror or success. Sure.
4: Oh, it was so wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> Dobbs,
3: long. so get this, and, and listeners, our, our loyal listeners, so. Quizmas, as, as Wonga mentioned, it's a tradition. Um, and now the previous two years have been quite fun. A bit of preparation has into it. This this time, Wonga insisted, no, I've got it. I'll take care of it. Leave it to me.
2: I, I always well, that, took well, care that, of
3: it. I always did the... No, question I, question. I did it the first year, I'm pretty sure.
2: No, no you didn't. Yeah, I did. I'm pretty sure I did. No, because you were taking part in it. So
3: no, you but, you but the first be. year I did it, because I remember putting some time into it. I think you're wrong. Well, regardless, regardless, the fact is the one that takes control, whether it's the first time or the third time or the fourth time, he takes control. And what that actually means is as as we're loading up, he is Googling quiz music, (laughs) quiz 80s television, but it doesn't actually do quiz football. Uh, Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Thought we'd mix it up. <laughs> we did have fun, though.
5: <laughs> I need Some to know was he wearing consumed. his was he wearing his flannel, though? Yes. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> That's all that matters. It really it does. questions does are secondary. It
3: really does. We had fun. I don't know why, why you're complaining. complaining. We had a great time. Well, no, because Waga said he, well, his entire goal was just to find a way to get us all together in person. Right. This is a bit like <laughs> so you know. The, I was invited. <laughs> you were invited. Why was it? Of course I you the were. You just, yeah. Even like last week. Oh, no, I've been to Vancouver this week. You know, I can't go there as well. That conversation was had. But it's a bit like the, uh, the dying grandfather doing all he can to get his kids together for the last time. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what it felt like. Yeah. <laughs> That's about right. Yeah. Around the hospital bed. Yeah. Lying, basically lying to them to come. <laughs> oh, I'm going to read the will out. You better be here. <laughs> I've got a great quiz. You better be here and dan where did you get we i I know where
0: where did you tell us where you got that quiz i got it from the today show on nbc
5: oh my god
2: (laughs)
3: from two years ago and it's still up so as you can imagine the questions weren't very relevant to a young audience (laughs) what are you talking about there were
2: some 90s maybe some 2000s okay next year we'll do a full
3: millennial quiz there you go Okay. Good maybe for the millennium. Maybe some some football questions are rolled in there at some point. Mm. No. <laughs> we're sitting there and we're saying so with hilarious. Craig, Craig and Jimmy and, and I was like, when are the fucking football questions coming? <laughs> We've had 17 questions about 1980s television.
5: <laughs> and two about Matt Lauer and his conduct. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Why year did Matt Lauer now we know that, me too. I have the original I have the results of the quiz here. Oh, it was yeah, J- Jimmy came in with 10 because I think around halfway through Jimmy uh Jimmy surpassed that level of uh like he'd had that Guinness that just took him there. It was, oh, I see. It, was it was great. And then Kreger valiant effort had 17 points and James took it home with 18. I started hard and fast. Yeah. That's true. At first, at one point, it was like twelve nothing for James, and then everybody caught up. It was Craig. Brilliant.
2: Craig actually caught up really well. Mm. I, I, yeah. I left I the tent. Remember? Yeah, that's why and he you caught put, up. And you kept, kept going. asking
3: questions.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Tony's used to that kind of start, though. Sharms, to be fair,
3: hard and fast. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and I'll then the sprint's yeah. not. the, the
2: tent. <laughs> And leaving your tent. <laughs> what happened to the tent in your
0: pants? The tent collapses.
5: <laughs> Isn't that the best though? JC, you're talking about Jimmy having that Guinness that put him just on the wrong side of that edge. Yeah. Like when you have that drink and you're just like, boom, boom, boom. Like you've got everything. And then you have one more drink and you're just like, I am not here at all.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he was there, but it was just a different Jimmy. It was a great, it's that like J- Jimmy who doesn't have time to sit and listen to Wong or bring <laughs> Up to Jace's questions, most like, of no, the time. No, no. I let's, feel like that's <laughs> the go, ADHD downtown. Jimmy.
3: <laughs> so good. actually, there's a point there where JC was feeding Jimmy the answers, basically. <laughs> so out Jimmy's tour points, I think eight of them were JC, who actually knew the answers because he was sitting beside. That's Wanda. true.
5: I feel like that's probably what? how Jimmy made it through school. Right before he went overseas, there's somebody feeding him answers most of the time.
4: <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Why, why do you think that?
5: Come on! <laughs> <laughs> so, Sharms, do you win? Are you the executor of the of Wonger's estate now? Is I that what so. you win?
3: I'll take over next year.
5: <laughs> <Yeah>. congratulations!
3: <laughs> and we'll fly you in, Dubs, next year. Okay. Or as your title today, Mo Farsi. There was a match this weekend. And, and it failed in comparison to last year's MLS Cup final. But that's nothing against this year's MLS Cup final, which was just fine. But last year was just so ridiculous. But Columbus, Columbus are your champions. Second time in three years, right? 2020? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't 2020. Know
4: that.
3: Regardless, it's, it's, it's another chapter to what's really been a great story with Columbus, isn't it? Given how close they were to leaving. That city for Austin, and then just fan backlash caused a delay. New owners come in, new management: Craig and Tim Bespachenko, and now this yeah. year Dubs' new coach Wilfred Nancy. Mm-hmm. And what a season! What a final! And uh, what a franchise in North American soccer, Craig.
4: Yeah, you make a good point because they were so close to leaving, weren't they? And their their new digs is fantastic great new stadium what is it just over 20,000 seems to be kind of around the size that we're seeing these fantastic soccer specific stadiums that for years and years we were talking about that being the the difference maker and certainly what we're seeing in the league right now is uh, is quite spectacular from the spectator standpoint and from the club standpoint Beznichenko, that guy knows what he's doing doesn't he i mean he came from head office when he came to Toronto FC knows all the intricates, all the nuances of this league, which is really, really important because it's it's a minefield of uh, problems and uh, <clears throat> different things with allocation money and whatnot that you really have to know what you're doing. So they put together a really good team. And Natsi, who is at Montreal, of course, um, the brand of Football he's plan is super exciting. And obviously, from my point of view, I think it's great for MLS and they keep going, they score goals, they, they challenge, and uh, up against the great Los Angeles side, who who coming into it had three clean sheets, but could not keep the keep them out, and Max Crapo wasn't quite on his game as he was in the other three. Uh, needed him to be as hot as he was, I think, in the last three games leading into the final, and uh, just fell one short, but still a great story, and Max Crapo for me, is an inspiration inspiration and an inspiring story from what he went through for the last what 13 months with his broken leg in the final of MLS cup last year, and then missing out on the world cup, fighting through all the rehabilitation, which obviously is mentally and physically really demanding and coming out the other end, looking better and stronger. So I think there's a lot of positives from his standpoint, just a little bit disappointing. They didn't go back to back winning MLS, but overall fantastic. Um, and also, Kalini. I think this is his. That was his last match too. He looks like he's ready to retire. He's slowing down considerably.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think.
5: Go ahead, Sharms.
3: No, 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 Dubs.
5: Yeah, I just think um, everything that Forrest said about um, about Crepo for sure. But I think that we talked about the Canadian content and the Quebec heavy content coming into this final. And I think what it means for, for Canada, when you look at the different pathways, like we have CPL developing, um, you know, homegrown players, um, domestic players, giving them a different pathway to perhaps MLS or springboard to overseas. And Mo Farsi is an example of that, you know, up to two years ago playing PLSQ or playing League One in Quebec uh, and then goes to Columbus and plays um, uh, plays in their second Team or their uh, crew two team, and then works his way up with uh, with Russell Rowe, right? Jason Russell Rowe is also there, which is which is pretty incredible. And then the brand of uh, football that Nancy plays and what he brought from Montreal, I mean, it takes them. Um, or shifts them philosophically, and but he gets the buy-in and instills a clear identity in the group. And then I was, I was reading a, an article on MLS.com and he was talking, and it, to me, it's just Nancy to a T. And like when they came back against Cincinnati before that game, because they were down 2-0, um, he, instead of talking about what they needed to do tactically, he uh, just, he showed them videos of their families and just reminding them where they came from. And then prior to the final, it was the same kind of angle where he he had pictures of them playing football as, as young men and just say, just remember where you came from. And, and I think that you get the buy-in from the players because you get that firm belief and confidence from your coach and your own abilities as an individual, but also as a collective. So I'm really, really happy for, for Wilfred Nancy and also that staff that he brought over from, from CF Montreal. It, it, it sucks as a CF Montreal uh, fan to, to watch what he's done. Um, but I think there's a sense of pride as well to see success um, and to see those guys lift uh, the MLS Cup. So I think it, it's good things for, um, for, for Quebec and for Canadian football to see a lot of those individuals be involved in, in success down, down south of the border. Were you going to say something for I it? I thought Craig was going to say. Did Nancy something, yeah. play that
4: style of play? <laughs> yeah. Did Nancy play that style in Montreal? I can't remember. Was that is this sort of his mo?
5: Yep, absolutely. And he started with uh, with CF Montreal. He actually coached with my sister Cindy um, at Collège Français in Longueuil at a at a school in a sports study program. And he, he was involved in coaching the women in like the CNH CNHP, which is what I played in like long before it was the Rex and the development center for, for Quebec. So he's, he's sort of paid his dues and he was a, a youth sport player of the year in, mm-hmm. in 2005 as a, as a defender and a defensive midfielder. So he's comes from France, but like all of his, um, you know, kind of his, the, the experience that he's gleaned is through the different levels of, of soccer in, in Quebec. So like, like I said, there's a real sense of pride here for what Wilfred Nancy's accomplished.
3: There was quite a outcry on Twitter about Nancy and people saying, "There, there, there's Canada's next head coach," and it's like, no chance. Why would he ever make that jump at this point in his career? I mean, listen, he's he's very well paid, I'm sure, at this point in Columbus, but his future—I mean, that that still lies in club football, you think, and maybe at some point a jump overseas, given his trajectory so far, Dubs. It seems he's got a plan in place. I'm not saying it's going to be for next season, but what he's doing so far, building his reputation. You can see this guy being a Canadian coach, getting a move overseas at some point for the first time.
5: Yeah, I think so. Given that his roots are, are in France, that would make it a, a little bit easier as well. But I think just given the, the type of person that he is and the type of coach that he is, he's he's a teacher. He describes himself as as a teacher. First and foremost, he uses the French word formateur. So he wants to work with youth. He wants
3: to shape them. <laughs> what? Just foul language, isn't it?
5: Yeah,
3: no. Formateur say it again.
5: Formateur. Oh Jesus Christ! Is.
3: If we were on yeah. one soccer, that'd be beeped out. <laughs> I didn't
5: say pussyfoot.
2: <laughs> well, you just did. Yeah. Hey Dubs, I know you were talking. Did was there much outcry from CF Montreal fans when he left? Because Craig and I were watching the match together on Saturday afternoon, and I went through. We looked at his twenty twenty one to twenty twenty two this is after we spooned so just so you know it was a big day <laughs> craig and i spooned on my l couch and then we what talked about Chinese soccer it was it was an orgasmic day of soccer oh, and oh spooning God. hold on
0: hold on yeah you you didn't try any funny business craig did you because that's my wanger shoulder no yes there's no
2: funny business it's just spooning it's like uh ross and joey they sleep well together
0: just yeah. don't be, don't be no, kissing me. them like i do
5: well i was going to say speaking of jc's shoulder kisses did you guys see what the footy prime supporters club put together as 12 days of footy prime christmas and that is mentioned in it it's outstanding work
3: it's incredible and i was thinking actually if only we knew someone who can put music together we have the lyrics right we have the Birdie taupin done that part's done mm-hmm. yeah now we need the elton john part if only we knew someone who could do some magic. And I was thinking maybe we could sell it and give money to us. <laughs> to, us. <laughs> to our To our OnlyFans. Yes. Yeah.
5: <laughs> our own band-aid, but the money Just comes <laughs> to
3: us. Yeah. The lyrics are brilliant. I love it. Brilliant. Sorry, Sorry Dubs, going back. Saying.
2: Sorry, Dubs. You, you we were, were so much outcry on that whole thing when he left? Yes. And because I remember you, that's when you... I remember they were in the, the playoffs. They were second, like three points back of MLS League Shield, right? Like they were this close to being the top team. And then he got up, and I remember some stuff about it, but didn't seem, was it kind of everyone just kind of inevitable when people get good in Montreal, they leave? Is that kind of the feeling there as a fan?
5: Uh, no, it was a clash with, with Joey Saputo after a game mid-season.
2: Oh. That apparently had
5: caused irreparable damage and it's rumors, but um but that's widely what was reported and so a guy for, like Nancy, whose roots were were firmly in Montreal with his with his kids and his family um you know people that he had um kind of brought on board and and formed relationships with both as a player and and a coach, but also with his staff. That's why such a big part of that staff went with them to Columbus
6: mm.
5: and then there was a caginess as well. with talking about his contract um, and, and Renard and and the brass. But uh, I think that once that clash happened, um, he had made up his mind that he was not coming back. Wow. Because
2: yeah. that's a loss. And just to, to Sharma's point, Columbus being a team that is always in the mix and to come from Montreal and then in two years have a championship team is pretty outstanding. Like it's a it's a great story.
5: Yeah. And he and he gets that buy-in, like he he asks his players to 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 take risks, but it's also it's it's being responsible defensively. You're not just throwing numbers forward in in a cavalier sense. There, there's a sense of, of buy-in to the whole philosophy. Um, and and like I said, that two-way belief where, you know, he works with players, he's honest with players, but there's a respect. And then they they really believe in one another, but also what the what the coaches is, is preaching. So and it's and it's fun. It's a great brand of football to watch. It's an it's attractive, but the players love to play it as well. And you even heard a guy like Sam Piet. I mean, after Lassata w- came in with CF Montreal, and was meant to be playing like the antithesis of of this Wilfred Nancy possession heavy attractive brand of soccer. Um, Going forward, scoring lots of goals, perhaps leaving yourself vulnerable going the other way. But this maximum overdrive style that Lasada was meant to implement, which was highly vertical, more direct, um, high pressing, you didn't really see hallmarks of it a whole lot. But it was in stark contrast to what Nancy had established. But they still had um, the core of that player group in Montreal wanting to play a similar brand of football. And even heard Sam Piet talk about, you know, they have to bring in a coach now for next season, wanting to have a coach who plays in a similar way, a similar fashion. Because as a footballer, it's, it's fun to play. Yeah, you want to win, you want results. But there's also the day in, day out, and the grind of it, and if you're playing something that brings you joy, I mean, there's so, it's so much fun to go to work, right?
3: Jumping to Footy Prime meeting time here. Wongo JC, that there is a great example of uh, what we should do for the website. And that is that last, like, minute of Dubs Montreal talk there. It's really great insight. Click mm-hmm. that separately, right? Put that on the website and tag Montreal fan groups, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera, That's so how we build the audience, because that was fucking great, Dubs. Oh, yeah, okay. and... And even more, Sharms,
2: I was privy to Craig Forrest's analysis on the crepeau goal that went underneath him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I want Craig to talk about that because of the angle and how that happened. So Craig, fill us in on that, what you broke down for me.
4: Well, if everybody remembers, I mean, it was clean in on goal and, and Max was uh, coming off his line to close him down. And his... Mm-hmm his direct run toward the ball was he came out a little bit of an angle and there's a couple things with it is that I think he was giving him the side of the goal and he was going to give it to him for a split second, then take it away. And that's why I think he was disappointed when it went underneath him, because it wasn't right in the corner. It wasn't just underneath the post. And what you have to do in that situation is close him down. I thought instead of going sideways on his side, on a bit of an angle that was, wasn't direct at the uh, striker, was to come out and spread yourself, sort of like what you know Schmeichel used to do, um, and force that player to put it just inside the post, but everything else he would save, and it went underneath him. But like I said, I think he might have, in his mind, I'd have to talk to him about it, was giving him that little split second of an opening to, to see if he would bite, and he did, but it still got underneath Max, which was disappointing.
5: Mm-hmm. How about that fucking great ball by Edmondson, though, to, to actually oh, carve up that back line? Was, that was an ever, unbelievable
4: yeah, ball to put yeah. it through one question i have that's right i was remembering when i was talking to wonger there i was like saying that they should on every replay because it's not a long replay include that pass yeah and they didn't for most of those replays of that goal they Mm -hmm. did not they just showed the finish and it was like oh you're doing that's a that's a you're missing the big part of that goal which was that pass which was just tremendous
5: do you think Forrest, the way it it almost seemed to surprise like that he finds that seam in the back line uh, who is it that finishes the, I can't remember who scored their second goal, but I mean, but it puts him in there. It almost surprised Max the way that he found himself one V one versus that Columbus player, you know, that he found, he's like in the box by the time he receives it. Right. Cause that ball puts him in, but it was a ball played from a central position, pretty like from a deep position as well.
4: Yeah. It was, it was outstanding. The weight of it, the per, it was perfect played onto him, gave the
3: opportunity are a lot of options to to beat Max. Mm-hmm. Were the the players' families aware that Wolf and Nancy was filming them, Dubs?
5: <laughs> I think so. I hope yeah, so.
3: Just just make sure. I want to clarify <laughs> that. Just, if they're like in the room and they're showing videos of families and they're like, you know, here's your mother in the bathtub, <laughs> <Yeah>. for example. <laughs> Remember where you yeah. came from. Yeah. Oh
5: God. <laughs> right. It was
3: a bath. An oh, intimate Paris. look at your mother. <laughs> <laughs> I planted a camera in your family's bathroom. And here's the evidence of where you came no, from. No, to be
5: clear, the families had submitted the videos oh, to Nancy oh, to oh. then share. Yes.
3: Sure, because, you know, my got in trouble, right? He got in trouble forcing players to show him videos oh, of family, right? Yeah. So I guess this is the other side of things. Hey, Jimmy's here. Hey, Jimmy. Hello,
6: everyone. Yeah, it was wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Kids
3: were behaving themselves today, were they? Happy to go no, to they school were. Monday no, morning? They were.
6: No, they weren't. No, they weren't. But it just it depends. You know, when it's a nice day, drop-off's easy. And then when it's a little bit cold, if it's snowing or raining, then drop-off is an absolute disaster because everybody's driving. Yeah. Today wasn't too bad.
3: Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. Uh, we've been talking uh, about uh, MLS Cup. Anything you want to add to it? We've, we've no, it was gotten... a great game.
6: I tell you, I'm so impressed with that Columbus team. I just I love the way that they play. Right from the first minute in that match, just how organized, disciplined they are, how how they closed down. They didn't give they didn't give LA any space whatsoever. And for them to keep that momentum going as well throughout the match, I thought I thought they were brilliant. Really, really enjoy watching them play. And you got to give full credit to that, uh, Wilfred Nazi, the way the way that he has them organized. If I'm Montreal right now, I'm so fucking pissed. <laughs> Honestly, I'd be so mad. Just looking at what he's done and i remember we talked to to cory ray as well um and you know they had a list of individuals that they wanted to bring into columbus when that position became available and and he was top of it he was top of it they were after him and look what happens you get him in there you give him the right resources you give him the players that he wants and he ends up winning your championship so well done to columbus
5: mm-hmm. very I good i also love the way they go into that locker room at halftime And they don't change a thing.
6: No, there's no need. There was no need to, no need to, you're in control. You're in control of the match. There's no need to change. And that's good management. You see, a lot of times what ends up happening is, you know, you'll have full control of that, that 45 minutes, and then they'll go in at halftime. And then you'll start talking with your staff and you start thinking, okay, what are they going to do now? What, because you know, LA has got to do something. Because they got overrun, so it's, okay, what if they do this? Are they going to change formations now? Now they might put an extra attacker on. So you, you tend to overthink, and then that's when you adjust at halftime, and then you, can, you make mistakes going into the second half because you're trying to read into what they're doing. But I like what they did was, you know, we're in control here. They can adjust to us, and we're going to stay the exact same. That's how we finish that first half. It's good management.
3: The end of another MLS season. And as Free yeah. prime advances and grows, Wanga, we will be doing more MLS down the road. We've got plans. We've got ambitions. So stay tuned for that. Then, mm-hmm. got, then we put the pressure on ourselves to figure it out by next season. We should be fine. Um, Premier League, what a weekend. What A crazy weekend. I think Wanga put it on the dark web, an upside-down weekend. And, and that's exactly how it felt. Some really strange results. Uh, or are they strange? I mean, the Prem's so unpredictable. Um, but it, sadly, especially, it was kind of crazy. But um, I, I suppose the result that stands out, and maybe it shouldn't, is is Bournemouth smashing Manchester United 3-0 at Old Trafford. I mean, it breaks your heart, doesn't it? Doesn't Are you it really breaks? surprised? <laughs> no.
6: Are we kind of really surprising. surprised?
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's the point, though, right? It, yeah. it isn't actually that surprising, given how Bournemouth's kind of turned the corner under uh, Iarola. Um, and you know, I continue to descend to mediocrity on any given weekend. Um, did you see this this tweet making the rounds? It was from David Moyes when he was manager ten years ago this weekend, and, and the tweet was um, is a post game clip, and and the quote was: "Man United must improve in a number of areas, including passing, creating chances, and defending." <laughs> <laughs> so that's everything there's everything there's everything right and here we are 10 years later and and despite yeah. them being in the Champions League it seems as if Craig they, they just have, have not taken any step forward and this was another example it seems on Saturday of a team that has just quit there's, there's no urgency there's no passion there's no care with the majority of that team and you hear the ex-United Pundits talk about this this club and they are just, they're not heartbroken, they're furious. They say, what happened? How, how can the team lose its spirit? Like this team has lost its spirit. Is it an overreaction, do you think? Or is this genuinely something that should perturb all, all former players? Well, this is something we've we've seen from uh,
4: Manchester United for the last 10 years, like like you've said. Um, but one thing about that game, Bournemouth should have been up or could have easily been up 3-0 at halftime. In fact, I put a wee, little wee bet on them winning three nil, and did uh, you really? Really got screwed. I did You're yeah. so
6: lucky the at the end there. Yeah. The <laughs> call, no kidding! What?
4: I was, on the, I was on the phone with Jimmy. I was on the phone with Jimmy, and I go, "Yeah, I got the three nil Bournemouth score, and they're they're offering me a payout here, and I'm not sure I'm going to you know take it right, yeah, but it was like I'm like, oh my god, I'm going to let it ride. I'm going to let it ride. And Then they scored the fourth, and then, luckily it was disallowed. For a handball, and then I was like, "I'm not taking any more chances. I'm taking the payout." So
6: I hit the hit the payout. i I'm, I'm in the I was in the six. Car, I was in the car <laughs> screaming at him, "Get the payout, take the money!" It's, I don't know. There's like nine minutes left. I'm like, "Take the money." <laughs>
5: and there's that pass from Amrabat. That awful touch by Maguire doesn't check his shoulder, and then they're in clear. Right? You're yeah. like, "Fuck!" <laughs>
3: It's brutal. So how much did you win, Craig? Uh,
4: it was 26 to one. I didn't Ooh. put much on it. Oh, he put a no. three bucks on it.
3: That's all right. That's all right. Like one of JC's yeah. bets. He, he often wins bets like, you know, a thousand to one and he puts $1 down. And he's like, damn, I wish I put five bucks down. Did the same thing this weekend. On, on a <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's gambling for you. But yeah, I mean, just pathetic, right? And, and Bruno, with that late yellow card, just for dissent, petulance, whatever you want to call it, means he's now going to miss next week's uh, Liverpool game. This is your captain. You're down. You're being smashed. You know you're on four yellow cards. And, and you can't keep your mouth shut. And this is the same guy that it was speculated last year against Liverpool when they, they lost, was it 7-0, right? In the 7-0 game, he was asking to be subbed off in that one. Now, whether it's true or not, I don't know, but that's the reputation he has and head of the biggest game of the year against the arch rivals. Yeah. He, he gets suspended. I mean, my God, Jimmy, um, it's a mess, isn't it? From top to bottom here. I, I don't know what the solution is apart from a complete clear out.
6: Well, I, can let, I think we should let Amy talk about Bruno. She really she likes <laughs> him. <laughs>
3: He's
5: the fucking worst.
6: <laughs> One good post-game interview and I was almost turned. <laughs> No, it's it's embarrassing, isn't it? And then you think you know when you when you when you play these games, and you get individuals like that. You're meant to be a you're meant to be a leader. You're meant to you know drive your team forward. You it's always it's not always roses, is it? In football, and you know there is ups and downs. You're going through a hard time, and that's where you need leaders in the dress room, and that's where you need a real captain. That's going to go through it thick and thin with the the players and. And gets you out of those bad times, but he's not the guy, is he? He's not the guy. He's always looking for a way out for me, and I don't like that. That's not a leader. That's not a captain. True captain fights for his team, fights for the fans. You know, he'll he'll be the first guy that, that goes and deals with the press. He'll be the first guy to deal with the fans. That's what a leader is, but that, not that fucking guy. And you're supposed to be leading one of the biggest clubs in Europe. I'm not a fan of it. Don't like it. I'm not sure why he is a captain. Who else? <laughs> I mean, who,
3: yeah. who's the leader in that team? Scott McTominay was. Uh, he's often quite vocal, right? Had a great season actually, and he's backing his manager, potentially Gubs. Yeah. But I mean, there isn't much it's to there. choose from, there is there.
5: But what was the last bit you said?
3: I mean, there isn't much to choose from, is is there really? But yeah. making from a captain's standpoint, changing captain right now, doesn't make a big difference. I wouldn't think, or does it? Does that kind of. I mean, tearing off the uh, the, uh, the odd armband mid-season. I mean, that's that's a statement, isn't it? I, I don't see it happening. Would it cause more rifts? Do you think in that room than are already there?
5: Yeah, it may because we don't know what type of captain he is behind closed doors. And and as you said, I, I did get a chance to see him post game. He is well spoken. He is measured in his post game comments. He usually has some good insight. Um, and, and you know, is able to to be self-critical and s- it seems to look at his own game and, and the team's game in a way that would lend itself to good leadership. But we don't know. We only see what is in front of us, which is the on pitch stuff. And for me, he continually lets his team down. Yeah. And that's unacceptable. So we, we talked about it, you know, a few weeks ago, the, you know, the difference between that leading by example uh, captain, and then more like the rah-rah rallying captain, and and the best one is is a marriage of both, and and bringing in those those qualities. But you can't be petulant, you can't be the guy that that seems to capitulate under pressure. Um, you have to be the the leader that holds firm in in the face of adversity. And for me, he he lets them down over and over again. Well, that's And listen, there's more issues yeah. than just the captain. But I yeah. mean that that's who you want. To be holding up, you want somebody who is emblematic of everything that the club stands for. And for me right now, United is just grasping. I mean, sure, they they stand up in this really incredible history, but they don't resemble that club at all anymore.
0: No. Planning for your next trip?
6: Well, That's why, you know, know, when you do these interviews, you know, going back to what you're saying, Amy, where, yeah, he is is well-spoken. He is critical, you know, of of situations or his own performance. But for me, that's all fluff because at the end of the day, your job is to perform on the pitch. That's what you get paid for. Mm -hmm. So all the other stuff that you're you're saying the right things to the fans, you're saying the right things to the media. But at the end of the day, if you're not performing on that pitch, then all the rest of it's all bollocks for me. And that's why it's, he's not good enough. That's not a captain. So all about the 90 minutes that you play, that's what you get paid for. You don't get paid to go talk to the press. You get paid to go out there and perform week in and week out and lead that team. And he's not the guy, and he's not doing it right now. And it's a shambles. And this is, it's absolutely, for me, disgraceful to see where Man United is because when I remember when I first went over to, to England, Man United was the team, just everything about them, the – the way that they they handled themselves, the way that they played football, the way that they the dominated games—just every single individual on that pitch knew exactly what they were doing. There was uh, they were such a pleasure to watch, and to see where that club is today, it's it's it's, it's terrible. It's great, it's great. It's great. <laughs> no, but it's it's not in a way. Just <laughs> look, and I'm, as I'm a, as not, a Liber- Liverpool me, I'm, fan. I'm I love Man, it. I'm not a Man United fan. I'm not a Man United fan. But it's it's wild to see what's happening there. Mismanagement
3: can be frustrating to watch, right? I mean, listen, they were third last year. Don't forget, they they qualified for the Champions League and there was great hope. Now, look to this season. In fairness, Craig, they are sixth, right? And I think they're six points out of the top four. So I, I think, we. Yeah. I mean, listen, this result was a bad result at home. It's embarrassing. You're 100% correct and all that. But at the same time, are we overblowing the decline a little bit because it's Manchester United? I mean, there's there's other teams around them mm-hmm. who were celebrating as having, you know, really good campaigns. They are not quite, you know, in, in a free fall, perhaps. Or maybe they are, but at least on the table side, they're not in a free fall as perhaps we we are mm-hmm. insinuating.
4: Well, I mean, it gives you that idea, you know, certainly what kind of pressures it brings being a Manchester United player and the microscope that they're under there consistently, constantly. It's just the way it is. If you want to play at Manchester United, you're expected to win every single week. Yeah. And if you don't and you get hammered at home by three <laughs> or six, which it could have been, you're going you're gonna to absolutely get it. It's going to dominate the headlines. I mean, we're talking about it now. There were some amazing things that went on on the weekend. But Manchester United draw that attention. It's just the way it is.
3: It's interesting, actually, looking at the table right now because they are sixth and they're up on Newcastle and Brighton who are both having good campaigns this weekend aside. But the goal differential is minus three for for United. And looking at the top eight teams, only one team is in negative, and that's, that's United at minus three. Newcastle behind them is at plus 12. Brighton's at plus five. And compare that to, to Liverpool in first place at plus 21. That, that big red glaring minus three really stands out. So just where they're at right now. Um, and yeah, thoroughly enjoyable. I think, uh, you know, for most of us, apart from Jimmy, who's becoming slowly but surely uh, a United fan can agree to. Um, Spurs Spurs smash Newcastle. Speaking of Newcastle... Um, Listen, Newcastle are, they have, I mean, listen, Spurs have a ton of injuries. Both these teams do. It's a bit unfortunate because this was going to be probably the marquee match of the weekend, mm-hmm. along with Villa and, and Arsenal. Um, but given the injuries, it wasn't quite full strength size, but still Spurs got it done, smashed it. Um, and, and what stood out to me, one, one play, and that was the Romero yellow card late in the game, which could have been and probably should have been a red card. It was just just brutal for a foul on Callum Wilson, and it got me thinking, like, what, who was the most reckless player you play with or against in your careers? Because this guy, he's fun to watch. He's a really good defender. He's a World Cup winner. But this guy is like a yellow card, red card, waiting to happen every single week at the most inopportune times as well. So he escaped it this time around. But is there a player, Jimmy, dubs Craig that, that you remember playing with or against who was so reckless you just didn't know what was going to happen one play yeah. to
6: the next? David prutton Your boy Prutz. Yeah, David prutton You just said he was a firecracker. <laughs> you were lucky if you kept him on the pitch and you didn't know when he was just going to lose it. He was He was <laughs> wild. Everything would be going good in the match. Be like, okay, Preston's got under control. And then two minutes later, he's just launched somebody. And you're just like, what the fuck? (laughs) Off he goes.
5: Where did you play with him, Jimmy?
6: Played with him at Forest. Absolute firecracker. Great guy, but on the pitch, it's different mindset. He was gone. Hmm. And just the littlest things would trigger him. Anyone else
3: got another example of a Prats-type player you would played say, with or against?
4: Palo Canio, I would say, was a firecracker mm. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> in a way that you just didn't know what was going to happen, whether he was going to kick somebody, whether he was going to push a referee, or whether he was going to sit on the sideline at the touchline and demand to be substituted because he's not getting penalties.
6: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
4: he did that? <laughs> Yeah, you should have to be fair, you should have had probably two penalties, maybe three in this game. Referee gave nothing. And he went over to the sideline and he sat literally with his legs crossed in front of Harry, right inside of the touchline, and demanded to be substituted because he wasn't getting the calls.
3: Oh no. <laughs> and that I mean that Harry's was that like a big deal over him. Fucking hell, Paolo. We fucking need you, Paolo. Was that a big deal at the time? I mean, nowadays I mean, that would be blown up. Was that a big deal at the time? I mean, if that happened now. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I, can't, I can't remember that guy. one. That's crazy.
5: Mm-hmm. Very Bruno Fernandez, like yeah, him. exactly.
3: <laughs> yeah. But Palo was lovable, right? A lovable rogue. Whereas Bruno hasn't quite got that lovable rogue thing down just yet. Just the rogue yeah. thing. Yeah. But you dubs, was it you? Were you the reckless <laughs> one, or was it yeah. someone else?
5: No, it, it wasn't me because like, even though I'd be good for a dodgy challenge every now and again, or a couple of yellows and I got sent off one time against Germany, but only because I'd fucking had enough of the game, <laughs> I got a second yellow and then I left and caught a flight home. But uh, and anyway, uh, but playing in Nebraska, uh, Megan Anderson, she was a really talented offensive midfielder and she was really gifted, scored bags of goals my senior year. She would have been a sophomore, Um, but she was good. She was like one of those players where just if that switch got flipped just the wrong way, she was the one that sparked that brawl before we played Notre Dame. Um, And then Christine Latham, who played at Nebraska as well, and also played with the national team for a while, was the same way. Like really passionate, um, great striker, and that energy lent her game, like it, it just ratcheted up to a different level. But that same type of energy was what could put her over that line um, for the negative, where you just be like, have to talk to her and then you'd look at her and be like crazy eyes and be like, like I'm like, just stay with me, like stay in the game because we need you, you know? But uh but my sisters were also quite good for for a couple of yellows and, and and getting cautioned. And my sister, Sarah, I've talked about her before. She's Cindy's twin. So Cindy played with me in a national team. Sarah's 5'10", big defender. She actually played her soccer at VCU in the States on her scholarship. And Sarah was easily the most gifted physically of any of us, but didn't quite have like the mindset, but she could have done anything she wanted and had success at it, but she just didn't maybe have that drive. And the, all the refs around here knew her. And um, so either her mouth would get at her into trouble where she'd be like talking back to the ref or she'd fucking run somebody over and just get tossed from the game. And actually Cindy, uh, yeah. you guys remember Kelly Smith used to play for England
3: mm-hmm.
5: in the old W league. Cindy yeah. broke yep. Kelly Smith's leg on it with a tackle.
3: Nice. <laughs> yeah. Not nice. That's horrible. Thing <laughs>
5: no, happens. awful, terrible. You nice. never want to do that. We've talked about that. You never want to injure somebody like that. And there was no intent. But it was just like that edge that all of us kind of played with where she just caught her.
2: Did you notice how Amy delivered that? She had a wry smile while so she was proud. saying that. She broke She broke her leg.
5: <laughs> but again, I just want to clarify, you never want to see somebody
3: never want to do that. injured. No. But never.
5: hard players,
3: all of us. Oh, there's some players you definitely want to injure, don't lie. It may not have been Kelly Smith, but there's players that you'd love to break their legs. Come on.
6: Let's be some yeah, you want sure. to yeah, go, yeah, go through me, but When you play in a match and you see someone break their leg, it is one of the most so horrible things you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. It's terrible. I played in a few matches and ugh, just the sound, the sound when it breaks. Oh, that's why you never went into any challenges. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or going early.
5: <laughs> I do have They're to say though, money. this is like <laughs> early days of yeah, of the internet. Terrible. When my sisters and I were all playing club together, not even W League, like just club. It was probably like 2003. My mom was the team manager and it was one of the only years that all four sisters, all four Walshes were playing in the same team. And we had a, like we had a sick team that year. So we were rolling. But there was like some sort of forum online, um, like really rudimentary where you could go on and you could like comment on the games. Like if somebody was in at like Longue Gay against you know, Brossard, you could go on and be like, oh, I enjoyed this game because X, Y, Z. And my mom used a pseudonym, went on as Freddy and complained about my sister Sarah's language towards the referee <laughs> and for- <No. laughs> forgot to close the browser and we found it at home and Sarah was fucking furious. She's like, "Burner account, just talk to me. <laughs> Don't go on this forum <laughs> yeah. and complain about me. <laughs>
3: it's That's hilarious. brutal, a burner account against your children. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
5: well, I think my mama had just had enough. <laughs>
6: yeah, that's amazing.
3: Jesus. Yeah. Well, speaking of awful challenges, that Lauren James had one this weekend. I bet she does. had, which, which yellow card for her, Right? Again, it should have been a red card. It was so mm-hmm. obvious what she was doing. Subtle at the same time.
5: Yep, she's got a little bit of a pattern developing. But I mean, you you could say the same thing about about Katie McCabe you know, Mm -hmm. they're whom they're playing against. And, and Lauren James, I think gets held to a, to a higher standard somehow, or under more of a microscope. But I mean, she gets that red card at the world cup and then does this. And clearly they're on the wrong end of the scoreline in that game. They suffered their worst defeat since 2018 against Arsenal, I think where they lost four nil in uh, 2018. And so they lose four Mm one. Yeah. They lose four one in front of almost 60,000 people. So that's, Pretty remarkable, but I mean, she's an important piece of that team. And then Emma Hayes claims that she didn't see it, but I mean, I would too, as, as the manager, you don't want to have to come out publicly and criticize your, your star player, but she, she takes James off pretty soon after. So pretty sure she saw it, but they're going to have to deal with that in-house because she, she can't continue. Like she's too, she's going to be scrutinized. Her play and her behavior is going to be scrutinized because she's such um, a talented player. So she has to get that out of her game for
3: sure. Absolutely. Uh, we've got to mention Villa beating Arsenal. Another test for Villa. They've come through. They're, they're just great the way they play football. Are you, Craig, at this point prepared to say they're a, a title contender? I think we touched on this last week. Um, we have to, in, in, in my opinion. It's December. Now, listen, Christmas, I think Jimmy mentioned this before, you, a lot is found out over Christmas and we'll find out mm-hmm. about Villa. But here we are in the middle of December and this team is beating the top team in England. And... and Pretty convincingly as well, I should add, and just do it week in and week out. Just a brilliant performance. Beat City last week as well, by the way.
4: Yeah, what is that back to back? Yeah, they beat City as well. Yeah. I mean, they've been fantastic. But we we did call them as our dark horse. I, I wasn't too we'll sure about the every first game of the season every-
3: when they got thumped by Newcastle <laughs> away. But Since every time then- we mention them, we, we mention yeah. that we have to. By the way, just. When do they become the oh, yeah, Because we nailed that. But <laughs> the fact that they
4: are in the conversation for the title is 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 absolutely brilliant. Emery's done an incredible job there, and he seems to he did it in Spain for years and years with Sevilla. Uh, got him to what four, three, four Euro Europa League finals. Mm-hmm. He can do it with a uh, with players that you wouldn't see as like superstars. It's not it's not a team like Man City we're talking about here. And they're playing incredible football. I mean, McGwin scores the winner, and McGwin. I mean, let's face it, McGwin's not getting into Man City. He's not getting into Liverpool. No, I don't know. He's he's not getting been, into he's Arsenal. Good. He's, he's been great. He's, yeah, he has been good, but I don't think he's getting into those teams.
3: No, but. he's not going for a hundred million. Put it that way, or maybe who knows nowadays? Jesus, yeah, oh, he's, <laughs> he's, yeah. he's he's pretty special.
6: Um, and Europa you you the, Conference, uh, they're on top of the table right now. They're running away with it. What a season that they're having right now.
3: Well, I mean, these names, right? So, I mean, like Douglas Luiz is, is being already being linked with a big club, which is so offensive to Villa and Villa fans because they are a big club. Um, but he's been just brilliant in, in that midfield. Leon Bailey... Who, who came at a high price, has had dips yeah. with, with Villa, but again, looking like a world beater right now. Poe Torres, dubbed his favorite player.
5: When um, I can remember his name. <laughs> <laughs> Not along, Jao Felix, Poe Torres.
3: <laughs> alongside Diego Carlos, My brain right? does. <laughs> the center of, of the center backs, it's just, just fantastic performance. Ollie Watkins, I mean, we've spoken a lot about him. He's, How he's about Nally. Leon
5: Bailey, though? Leon is, yeah, Bailey, that goal.
3: Yeah. Just, great goal.
5: It's yeah. He drives up that, that right flank. He's just so explosive. He's doing really, really good things. And that partnership with Watkins is is remarkable to watch as well.
3: Watkins, uh mm-hmm. well, I think without doubt, is England's number two now, isn't he, Craig? Behind Kane. He's not only on the on the plane to Euro next year, but he's gonna be the first fella off the bench if if mm-hmm. Kane struggles or then he goals, surely.
4: Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and then if you're the manager too, and you're you're in the dressing room, you're going like you're looking around, at talking about these players. Even Martinez, you got a World Cup winner in the goal. Whatever you think of him as a goalkeeper, or even as a guy, but he's a World Cup winner. They, there's no reason why they shouldn't be in the top <laughs> yeah. four with a manager that's doing that type of job. So, mm-hmm. good for. I think him.
5: he's brought he's brought a real purpose and clarity. I think to the club, like that defeat that they suffered. Um, versus Arsenal was was about 10 months ago. And then they've just been on a hell of a run since. And I read a great article actually on Villa in the Athletic this morning, and there was a quote in it. I wanted to ask you guys your opinion on it, Jimmy and, and and Forrest. Emery says, a settled environment is more important than having money to spend. Like talking about Villa and, you know, Charms, you saying like it's, a, it's insulting to them not be considered a, a big club. But is it more important?
4: To have a settled squad or a settled group?
5: Yeah, a settled environment where you have that purpose. You I have guess. I
4: mean, Manchester United or the players are also... Yeah, United are talking about this morning. The players are quite open about saying that the environment at the, in the dressing room is really, really good at United. So yeah. I think you need both. The settled yeah. environment and also can. a team that's playing with some confidence. And this is what Villa
6: is yeah. compared to Manchester United. No confidence. Yeah. And I th- listen, if you turned around and you offered him 200 million to go get players, you would take it in a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> but every club, regardless where <laughs> yeah. you are in the world, you want, you want to settle dressing room. Of course yeah. you do. You want a good chemistry within the dressing room. And then when you go out and you get your players, yeah. then you're going to make sure that they have the right character, that they come into that dressing room, in the right mindset, and they're not going to disrupt the dressing room. But if he had the money, believe me, he'd be going out and buying loads of players. So he has to kind of say that in a way because he knows he can't compete financially with the rest of the guys.
3: But, I mean, a, a set of dressing room comes with wins as well, doesn't it?
6: Of course it does. It always helps. Winning helps everything. Winning sets a mood. It's not like, you you know, if you've lost 15 in a row and you get in the dressing room, and go, hey, guys, good morning. How's everybody <laughs> doing? That's <laughs> lovely to see everybody. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. Exactly. But
3: I mean, even depth-wise, I mean, often <laughs> we, we criticize clubs, s- sorry, non-super league, super team clubs, great 11s, but depth-wise, you know, that's, that w- that's what will get them in the end. But you look at Villa th- this weekend, Matty Cash on the bench, Alex Moreno, Musa Diaby, mm-hmm. you know, did Donkers, a good, good pro, um, Jacob Ramsey, fantastic. You, you, why are you waving there? Oh, it's a puppy. Oh, JC has mm-hmm. put a dog in his lap. Uh, uh, but yeah it's it's a strong squad as as well and they'll bring reinforcements and in january you'd think and how i mean how great would it be for the prem and for english football right if villa can find a way to win the goddamn league this year yeah and it's it's, it's probably a little bit early to start really talking about that but i think it'd be fantastic not since leicester i mean listen villa's bigger than leicester Oh, my. Right. But the, the way they're doing it this year with other teams still looking pretty good. Yeah. At this point, let me ask you guys. So City are still favourites to win this thing despite slipping up. Um, and Harlem is out this weekend. But Liverpool's in first place. We know what Arsenal's done so far. Um, who is your your personal favourite to win the league this year? Who's it going to be? Who, who do you think has shown enough? I think the handful of teams are City, Liverpool, Arsenal, Villa. Um, I, I don't think Newcastle or Spurs are going to be in the conversation but maybe they are. Let me know, Dubs. What, what do you think?
5: I'm quite content with how the table looks now, quite frankly. <laughs>
3: yeah, me too. looks great.
5: <laughs> Liverpool looks pretty good up on top.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: I don't know if that's going to hold, though. I think there is a level of unpredictability, though, with what's happening in the league this year. I I, I think that it's going to be somebody other than City. I think they are always find a way. It's too early to to count them out. But I think it might be somebody else's turn to win a league.
3: Could be complacency, right? Maybe. I mean, they are going to become the first team to win four straight league titles if they can do it. But coming off that treble, it ain't easy. Craig, who do you think is going to win this year? Albeit in December.
4: Oh, man. (laughs) I I still think Cities are are the team to beat. And I think in the second half of the season, we saw last year how good they were. Uh, They're the ones. But I like the way it sits right now. And it certainly... Sets up really well. I mean, the league is wide open between those two, those four teams: Liverpool, Arsenal, Villa, and Man City. I think you're right about Spurs and Newcastle. Newcastle got a ton of injuries as well. Like it's just incredible. I mean, nobody's going to feel too much sympathy for them, I'm sure. But I think the last five games they started with the same lineup, and in a couple yes, of days they got a really important uh, match. I think tomorrow in the Champions, Champions league. league, a game that they have to win against Milan, I believe. So, yeah. Yeah. they're finding it really difficult, but they're not going to have much sympathy. But I don't think they're going to find their way at the top of the table. Uh, Liverpool have only lost one game. They've had their issues too. They've had a four draws, but 11 wins. And Arsenal are a different side than we've seen for a few years. I think Declan Rice has been an amazing addition to that side. He's yeah. just so calm in that midfield and it just adds that bit of grit and... Uh, desire that they and quality as well that they, they've really missed. I heard some Arsenal fans think they, they should throw West Ham another 25 million.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Jimmy, what do you think? Who's who's your your fave?
6: My fave, um to be honest, I, I would love to see a villa win it. I'd love to see a Tottenham win it. Just something something different. You know when you look that at the table good. from from five up all those teams are scoring goals. They're all in their thirties, you know, 33, 35, they're attack minded teams. Um, but I like Villa now. And I think, and I keep saying it once you get through this Christmas period and who brings in, you know, those certain pieces to the puzzle to get them through the finish line is going to be the important one. Um, but I'd like to see Villa have a good little run at this. And I agree with Forrest. I think Declan Rice has been absolutely amazing. He's, uh, He's brought a different dynamic and presence to the middle of the park than what Arsenal's had before, that little bit of bite, which is helping them big time. And that's what they needed. Um, you know, Liverpool's going to be up there. And then obviously, once you get through this period again, Man City, you know, they'll find a way. They always do. Good teams find a way to win, and we know what Man City's capable of. So the rest of the teams that are in front of them right now will be looking over their shoulder because they know what, what City's like. Um, but I'd like to see Tottenham because I, I really enjoy watching Tottenham play. You how know, great how was I sun gave. on the left, eh? Jesus Christ. I wonder terrific. how Kieran Trippier slept the other day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jesus, he was twisting and turning. He was it was unbelievable, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And Kieran Trippia, he's not a he's not a shit defender either. But he did look like a little schoolboy at times. And I was like, wow, the sun is just his movement, just how quick he was dropping the shoulder, getting that extra half a yard. I was. It was incredible, but I do like watching this Tottenham side. They are—they're a good team to watch.
5: Mm-hmm. Even on Sun's penalty, you see boring. I forget
6: no, what castle not.
5: player it was standing at the top of the box who was pointing to the side that Sun was going to hit the shot. It didn't even matter. Yeah, That's <laughs> yeah, was great. His best Some game, I think, probably under Postacoglu. It was Sun. Yep.
6: Yeah, it was dynamite. Absolutely
3: dynamite. I sure, just, just be love them. I'm sure Trubia knows, though, that no matter how bad it is, the sun will always rise the next morning. So you can yeah. move on, be fine. That <laughs> was so poor. That was so fucking poor. <laughs> it was so obvious. <laughs> Sometimes things are so obvious, you ha- you can't deny them. You have to go for them. I I was <laughs> laughing when when Jimmy was talking about, uh, you know who
2: play who we played with, and that made me laugh because then it was like talking about oh he was little he'd go little there and. Do you remember that when he was talking about his former player, you missed that whole part? No, Charms. What, about uh, Prutton? Yeah, but David Prudden about how how where he played with them. All that guy was like
3: behind the school. That's where they played together. Oh, yeah. oh, you're making a sexual reference? Yes, because <laughs> oh, anyways. okay. Yeah. No, I missed. It. You, you have to jump in on those opportunities.
2: Well, I don't always want to jump in. I think it's I think our listeners know where we were going. <laughs>
6: <You> I <I'll find laughs> something going earlier but. Remember he was a I think we told you, remember the time I was we were playing at Stoke and me and Pratt's and Pratt's his head was going and then we ended up having a fight and a pitch. Me yes. and him were teammates. Oh <laughs> and yeah. Got, and we both got booked. <laughs> but Put was both a crazy one. Booked. Oh, he was nuts. <laughs> yeah.
5: As your if I was your teammate, I would have been so fucking embarrassed. I would have had it with you guys.
6: It was
3: actually yeah, how was fun. the reaction, but how was the reaction in the room? on that incident from your teammates
6: oh what are they going to say nothing you just tell them to fuck off and leave me alone right off there's a leader Jesus for Christ. you <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: what
5: the fuck are you doing brennan
3: <laughs> um we're almost out of time uh so liverpool beat palace 2-1 mm-hmm. um albeit through a, a jordan iu really dodgy second yellow card which helped them there of course uh, we'll get to trent alexander Arnold's switch to center midfield uh maybe in the next pod. We're out of time today. I think pretty interesting. Um, Fulham smashed West Ham 5-0. Second time in a week, Fulham hit five goals. Sheffield United beat Brentford. Jesus Christ, our parlays were not good. I was we're gonna say, good. what
2: was tell tell me because I missed Friday's show. Tony Bet, Footy Picks. Yeah. How close did we do? How'd okay, we let do? me let me let me just yeah, look in here.
5: He needed some hours.
2: I needed you some hours. hours. <laughs> you recovered
5: in time got, for Friday I, night?
2: Friday night I was fine, but I needed some hours, yes.
5: <laughs> once really a year, Once up. a year,
2: I'll call in and ask for hours.
5: You guys, <laughs> I just needed some hours. Who says that?
2: I need some hours. <laughs> Wonger says that.
5: Damn I have time. never, ever uttered those words in my life. Come
3: on. Our parlay gets a supporters' parlay shortly, but our parlay, we had Man City. Winning? Hey, we got that one right. We had LAFC winning. Nope. We had Inter nope. Milan beating Udinese. Uh, we got that right. I think that was Jimmy's. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Brentford beating the Blades. Really? Lost that one. And some idiot had United beating Bournemouth at Old Trafford. <laughs> Who would have guessed Jeez. that? Uh, we got that <laughs> one wrong. Um, and as for... Hang on. The supporters didn't do much better. They had Chelsea beating Arsenal. <laughs> didn't work out in the Super League. Um, we had O'Rexham oh, of a Forest Green Rovers returned to that game. Get rained out or something?
2: Was there they a cancelled game over the weekend? I'm yeah,
3: sure. I believe so because West well, returned on the belt. But regardless, uh, they yep. also lost Brighton beating Burnley in the Prem. What happened in that game? Uh, it says it's Google
2: postponed it? yeah i'm looking at it
3: right now yeah it, it says postponed hmm. all right anyway so regardless it wasn't a good week for the
4: uh... rexam are doing all right
3: they are yeah absolutely um, are you guys watching the uh, second season have you watched the second season of the documentary i just started no. this weekend Not it's, yet. Pretty good. it's good as you'd expect very very good um, but yeah, so our, our TonyBet.ca parlays did not work out too well. Uh, elsewhere, Kyle Laren scored his first goal in 16 games for Mallorca. They beat Sevilla 1-0. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. Did you see the Seba Jovinko post? <laughs> yeah, I did. Okay. So I'll mute it for you. Yeah. And we, listen, we love Seba. We do. I don't want to, you know, admonish him or you know suggest that TFC get a restraining order out or anything but um <laughs> is he lurking he's lurking uh, around the I've stadium been... at BMO <laughs> he's just <I've> like been... <laughs> inside it's like trying to get in he's gonna be patted down like me. in fairness they Long let him train with him last year right so it's a yeah. bit like the the ex-girlfriend who, who dumped you you know invites you out for a dinner date and you feel you're back in there but really it's just out of sympathy that's kind of what it is yeah um I've been blessed throughout my career to have so many law fans and supporters who have continuously helped inspire me. Your Faith in me was my motivation during my relentless and successful training in recent months to compete at the highest level of TFC. Despite the club's current decision not to consider me for the 2024 season, I remain committed to TFC in Toronto, the to city I call home. Milo grazie. A thousand thank yous to all my supporters. So basically he's been told you're not part of our plans. Thanks, but no yeah. thanks. Just but he still on. hopes. He's still hopeless. I think it's time to have moved on. Yeah, if you're a CPL team, if you're York, right, you got new ownership. Make a splash, because Seba still playing CPL, Jimmy. Do you think? I mean, yeah, I'm seeing. Him Who knows? He yeah. probably could, right? Would that be a splash? I mean, I'm not sure if Seba would do it, but would he not make a phone call? You
6: would think he would? Why not? Yeah.
3: If he, if
4: if
6: he, he wants, wants to, to play it, for twenty grand, he'll score a year more than that league. That league.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, he's made for enough sure. money in his career. He doesn't need the money now. He's not. He's not getting a phone call from TFC or anyone else probably, if the phone's not ringing and you still want to play professional football, right, the options are limited. And you love living in Toronto, right? His family loves Toronto, clearly. And even more, what if he lights it up in the CPL? Like, wouldn't
2: someone go, hey, maybe there is a little way for this cat to keep playing? I don't
3: know. No, it's all over, Jimmy? I think so, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't really do much yeah. for, you know, CPL as a development league, right? Helping young <laughs> kids and that pathway to the greater good when they sign a 38-year-old. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know, from a, from a PR standpoint, you get some fans out to, to your games, which is what they need.
6: Well, when, when was, really was the last need... time you played a match? Two years
3: ago? It's Saudi Arabia, right? Wasn't it? Or did he go back to Italy for a bit? I forget now. Yeah.
6: But it is. Isn't it two years since he played a match? Yeah,
3: I think so. It's around there. Fucking hell. Yeah. But it's tough. I mean, listen, all joking aside, it's tough. You guys know when the end comes, it's, it's, it's not an easy choice to make, right? You still want to play? You love playing football. That's what you do.
6: He could join my darts team. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, well, he'd be, he'd be shooting upwards, wouldn't
6: he? I think he wants to, <laughs> I <think> he wants <laughs> to play. A little box for him to stand on. High high to- level.
4: What's that, Craig? He wants to play, but not for less than 100 grand.
6: That's one thing
4: coming. about wanting to play, and there's another thing wanting to play for a bit of money.
3: Listen, in, in a world, Craig, where a baseball player can make $700 million over 10 years, surely there's a place somewhere in professional football for seven and to make 100 grand? Surely. Come on. Somewhere. Even if it's like, okay, York, here's your $20,000 a year but we're going to also have you for a little ambassadorial role. We're going to start pimping York United everywhere. I wonder how the league would think about that, honestly, because it goes against everything they stand for, right? It's not the greatest old player coming in. It's not what the league's there for, but at the same point, you would get a lot of publicity. Anyway, we'll see. Maybe you will. Maybe you won't.
6: Hmm.
3: We're out of time. You would. Um, all those games we talked about from the Prem, by the way, you could have caught on Fubo TV. Now, if, if you didn't because you hadn't subbed, that's your fault. You're missing great weekend of football. So subscribe at FuboTV.com slash prime. Um, anything else you want to touch on before we say farewell? Anything at all?
2: Yeah, we're, we're going to come out with our Christmas schedule so everyone knows when they can uh, listen to us, but we're going to be cutting some new stuff. From old stuff. So uh, be ready for the Christmas holidays, and we'll fill up. And Craig has his finger up, so it sounds like he wants
4: to say something, too. We have to mention the top of La Liga, Girona. Mm. The top of La Liga, ahead of Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid. They beat Barcelona on the weekend at Barcelona. That's the story of Europe right now.
3: Yep, Girona. Absolutely. Yeah. Give us some more details, Craig.
5: My Girona.
3: Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's leave it at that. All right.
5: I was right there with you on that one. Warner. I know you were. I saw your eyes.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll also on um, the next show we'll ask why Wonga's title today is celery's friend broccoli until then have a nice nice couple of days we're back on uh, Wednesday with a foundational episode Champions League week we'll talk about some of that and some other stuff and whatever you want so let us know and by the way subscribe to us like us love us give us nice five star reviews um, over and over again even though it means nothing to you it means a lot to us alright thank you everyone cheers for listening keep buying newspapers bye this episode of Footy Prime has been brought to you by Fubo TV and
0: by Tony Bett. Make sure to subscribe to Footy Prime wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Twitter at Footy underscore prime and on Instagram at Footy Prime IG. Thanks, everybody. Hey, good. Nice job. Feel better. Everybody, feel better. Holy shit. Charms and
2: Amy. You guys need people's a-
1: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's.